What is up, everybody? Welcome back to A Certain Point of View. Hello to all you movie trivia Schmodown fans. I am Jake Berlin, and this is our Schmodown podcast. That is correct. This is our main show here on the channel, and we have officially hit number 10 on the show. That is awesome. We are on 10 shows. Uh, we are going strong. We've only missed one week so far, um, but we are on number sh- show number 10, and that is not just me that is usually on the show. That is also Mr. Avalicino, Brian Avalicino. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good. You gotta come up with a new, a new, uh, a new hello. I feel like you say that on almost every show we do together. That's just tip. My that's just that's point. just your hello there or your what's up or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. What's I try to stay away from there. hello there because that's Jacob and Obi Wan. So maybe that maybe that's a t-shirt in the making. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> um, how's your week going though? Busy, busy. Teaching from home. So yeah, it's the first official week, correct? Yeah, yeah. What's that like? It's chaos. It's like okay. hurting. What's an animal you can't hurt? Hurting snakes. How about that? Uh, it's just not going to happen. So they're vicious creatures. Yeah, yeah. But snakes are the worst thing on the planet. Period. There's nothing worse. Uh, I would have to go with spiders. There's nothing worse than snakes. No. You, you I, put I, a snake in the room. I'll either kill myself or I'll run like a total baby. <laughs> Uh, see now, I haven't seen a snake with you, but spider I've seen. Spider I'm I've absolutely, seen. I am petrified. Petrified I, shocks me. I have no problem. I, I don't know why, but I just am. I think because I worked at a daycare or a after school care that had a snake, so I didn't really have a choice to not be afraid of it. But spiders, I'm just no, no. It's fair. That's fair. I'm crawling on you. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, so guys, we are here to talk the Schmodown, obviously. Um, and we don't have a ton of things to talk about, so we're going to spread some stuff out as best as we possibly can. The one match that we have uh, today is Brittany Young versus Jade. Excuse me, I always say his name wrong. Jader Paramo. Um, that is a very difficult name to say, you know. Um, but yes, Brittany Young versus Jader, Jader Paramo. The Dungeon. We talk fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Brittany Young versus Jada Parama. We have the Dungeon versus the Usual Suspects. Um, two factions that are uh, needing of these points. And so we will definitely talk about that. And then we're going to get into the pre... Um, the uh, opening scene of of this match that had to do with Andrew Guy and one Bobby Finstock. Um, we will kind of talk about that a little bit after the match. And maybe what it means or what it could mean. You know, maybe there's a master plan behind it. We'll definitely talk about that. We will also discuss, uh, we are bringing it back weekly, guys. We're going to be discussing from Brian's point of view. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's the topic. Brian's point oh of view God. of the Schmodown, because he is currently rewatching for the very first time. So technically just watching the Schmodown from the very first time. And he is on season one. Just finished season one, correct? I have officially finished the first season. Cool. And so that will be a little bit later in the show before we wrap up with our standings and then we will get out of here. So um, let's go ahead and kick this off with the match discussion um, because it is the biggest thing to happen in the Schmodown this week so far. Uh, and as I mentioned, we have Young versus Paramo here. Um, two, you know, Brittany Young had, had competed before in a cele- celebrity match. Uh, it was the Glow celebrity match where she was on Team Clark Wolf. Um, not a bad team to be like, on. Huh? I said not a bad team to be on. I exactly, exactly. Um, and so she liked it so much and she had showed interest. Christian's like, I want you in the league, I want to put you in the draft. And Kaiser swept her up, and so 
She faced off against uh, Jada Parama, who is the fan from the Orlando event last year who won the fan event and got his ticket to a studio um, or to the studio to see a match, etc. And just so happened, you know what? We're throwing him in the draft as well. So he got swept up by Sam Levine later in the draft. Um, I believe it was the last pick for him in the live draft that we attended. Um, so two rookies here who have uh, quite a bit of hype around them. I mean, you know, Jader was a fan, but we've seen plenty of fans in the past kind of come up out of nowhere. You know, Kevin Smets had been one. Robert Parker had been one. There's been plenty in the past. Um, and then Brittany Young, she showed her movie knowledge in that celebrity match. Um, and so we were looking forward to this. And on on the on the reaction we did, we misstepped and we did not say who we were going for in the match. But if I'm not mistaken, Brian, you were going to pick Brittany Young and I was going with Jader, correct? I believe so, yeah. And what was what what did you think before seeing the match? What did you think about Brittany Young going into it? Uh, well, she seemed hilarious. The opening to the uh, the match promo. was yeah, it was so so funny that I mean, and that tone kept throughout. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it was just the the guilty. I'm hoping the dungeon gets a freaking win a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I just felt like going with her, I guess. Cool. Cool. Um, all right, well, let's get into this a little bit. So, uh, they came out really, really funny promos. Um, you know, Kaiser was going all crazy and Brittany Young was like, yeah, like that kind of like yeah. funny counter being uh, nice. Jader was, you know, digging a little bit, but not too much compared to an Andrew guy who was subbing in for Sam Levy in this match, which is very interesting. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, we get into round one, and they both they both showed up pretty well. They they both stepped yeah. up. Ended up being a seven to six round one. Um, nothing to be ashamed about, especially in your first match. No, um, it was if I believe Jader had the nod in round one, one point over mm -hmm. Brittany. Um, they went back and forth for sure. It seemed like a very cordial type of match. It was no like back and forth like typically was between veterans. Mm -hmm. That's to, to be expected with these guys. Carrying him on like multiple times. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, after round one, I mean, what did you think of the match, uh, so far after, you know, only 10 questions or yeah, 10 questions. I was actually surprised. Like, um, I will say, I think you and I had seven and six points. It was so, the same exact score. Yeah. First off, if I'm getting that many points, the questions probably might've been a little bit easier <laughs> or easier, -er, but either way, like, I mean, that's just how things happen with the questions, but that I was impressed. I didn't expect them both to be that high up um, in the points on that first round. So it, it was fun because you're like, Oh, okay. These guys both came to play and they both know what they're talking about. So I agree. Um, there were definitely a couple of questions you can think of as, as the so-called softball questions. Um, but there were definitely some that you had to think about and that could go one way or other. And they definitely had their moments where they pulled one here and there. Um, but again, you know, whether it's five to four or seven to, you know, five or whatever it may be, um, just getting through the first round in your first match is like a big deal. But getting through that first round with at least seven or six points is also like just like, a, OK, like I know what I'm doing. I'm not as nervous as I thought it was. And, you know, it. it it definitely helps you out as a rookie going into the match. Yeah, I say if if you're walking away out of the first round with six or 
six points or higher, you're you're doing fine. You're well off. Cool. Um, all right. So that's how it ended in round one. So seven to six. And then um, because Brittany was up, um, or no, excuse me, because Jader was up in the first round, she or he let Brittany spin first. Um, and she officially first time spun thrillers, but then she's like, no, no, not not for me. And she re- wasn't even a question. No. And then respun and landed on Oscars, um, which at that point, we weren't sure how she was feeling about that. Um, you could tell by the end of the match that she's a little bit more, you know, uh, friendly with categories like a like a Disney or an animation or uh, something like that. And Oscars is a very broad category that can go years and years in the past. And so but I guess she did she seem had- a little confident. She she battled her way through and she ended up going three for four for four points. So she got two one pointers, one two pointer. But J- Jader did get a steal in the round um, for one point. And so after um, after her round, after her her second round, it ended up being an eleven to seven game. So it was still just a four point lead instead of the five. Or excuse me, it ended up being uh, yeah eleven to seven points. Sorry, uh, it was still the four point lead instead of the five. And so Jader ended up getting that one point. Um, and then Jader ended up going and he spun crime and he stuck with it. And we got confirmation later on in the post interview as to why they stuck with it. It was kind of like the middle grain category for him where he felt somewhat confident, but he felt more confident in it and a lot more other categories on the wheel, which is smart. And we'll talk about this yeah. at the end of the, at the end of the discussion. He, um, he went one for four for two points and, uh, and with one two pointer, and Brittany also got a steal in that round. And so after round two, it was eleven to ten, same exact score as round one, basically one point lead for Brittany. Just flipped around. She had the two point swing on that one. What did you think of round two, Brian? Uh, I was impressed by Brittany on that one. Uh, she, I, when I see Oscars, I'm like, oh my god, like I know I'm sucking at that, it, and I would assume most people would because that's such a wide category uh i mean so I, i'm not saying it's not a favorite of many people because a lot of people don't mind getting that category but that is not one i would want and she battled her way out of that category she didn't she didn't seem like she was too opposed to it uh she she definitely wasn't like oh my god like i'm screwed like um and i think a lot of people do that is they see that and go, Oh my, I'm done. There's no way. And then talks them themselves out of it. But she was just like, oh, okay, I, probably, I know some of these and she walked out of it. Fine. Uh, Jader on the other hand, I mean, I would have, if you're in a middle ground, it's, it's in my opinion, safer to go for that one, than take a chance. Cause he could have spun again and got a uh, opponent's choice and that could, it could have been the death of him. So if you're, going to pick one that you for the most part feel confident in it's a smart move so yeah i, I agree the one thing um out of uh round two and you mentioned it Brittany definitely had a little bit of a smarter play um you could tell and even if she had the one match under her belt or if she had a little bit more studying or maybe it was because of kaiser uh or just the dungeon, dungeon in general she knew when to pull multiple choice she knew when to yep. use the advantages to her, such as like a JTE or repeat or like a like a, a multiple choice answer repeat, something like that. Um, like I mentioned, she went three for four with two one pointers and one two pointer. And if I'm not mistaken, 
the one that she missed also went to a one pointer because that's the one that Jader ended up stealing. I believe so, yeah. Um, and so she she played the game, and like we had mentioned, you know, Oscars isn't a strength of hers, but it's not something that she seemed like she hated, and kind of like a, a Jader as well. You know, she fought her way through it. She got the points she needed. Um, she kept Jader away from multiple steals instead of just the one and only allowed him to get a one-point steal, which is a big deal. And uh, she walked away with a two-point swing in the round and the lead, which is a smart way of playing. And Jader, he had a stumble in the very first question about the Bronx Tale. Right? He thought he, thought he knew the director, couldn't pronounce it, then asked for multiple choice. And then um, he heard the answer he was trying to say and he's like, okay, that's it. But that ended up not being the answer. Yeah. And so uh, you could tell that Maybe a little bit of a first game jitters uh, kind of flowing in just a tad bit, but it didn't end up being the the swinging point of the game. Um, but I would definitely say out of round two, you can tell that uh, the strategy and knowing how to play the game was a big deal and it was playing into the game heavily. Yeah, it it was it was impressive that they both like I, that's one thing I almost like expect to see with these new people outside of like probably like a Robert Parker that lives breeze this game where these new people don't use the rules that well um like uh i keep using her but like a bonnie somerville where it was like is this the round that i can do like that type of stuff like that's kind of what i almost expected Brittany to do a little bit and she was not she looked like a seasoned vet like she had no like she didn't ask, like, can I ask for a multiple? Nothing. She was like multiple choice. Repeat the question. Like she had no problem whatsoever. Um, and then I would assume if you're going to go through a fan league and be able to win it and or not a fan league, uh, a competition yeah, and, and do all of that, you, I would assume you already know how the game works. So I was impressed that not, I don't remember either of them going like, asking like, can I do this? Or is can they just, they knew it. And that if you're a new person and you're coming in like that in your first match, I'm, you've impressed me. And they both, especially Brittany young, uh, impressed me. Not, not having to ask for how things work. So, yeah. So Brittany young walks away with the one point advantage in round number two. So we move on to round three, uh, and because Jader was down, he ended up going first. And so for his two point question, he got a new release question which might be the most softball of all softballs. It was um, who co or who co-starred alongside Adam driver and marriage story. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. So we got that correct. It goes back to Brittany young. She, her two pointer was a coming of age question about the graduate. She ended up getting that question. Correct. So then we go back to Jader and his three point question was a family film question about the princess and the frog. Um, the firefly question. Correct. Yeah, that could have been. I feel like that could have been a, set, a two point question as well. And so that was a three pointer. And then we swing it back to Brittany for her three pointer, which ended up being a crime movie question. And that was who played Chris Pine's brother in Hell or High Water. And that was Ben Foster. She missed that. So she had to answer her five pointer for the game to go on. And she got a comic book movie question from Iron Man 3, um, which was who was Guy Pierce's character in Iron Man 3. And obviously, us would know that question of Aldrich Killian because he was the topic of a long discussion for a long time because of the Mandarin and all that good stuff. But, you know, if comic book movies aren't your strength, you're not going to know who that villain is because the Mandarin takes precedence over a name like Aldrich Killian. Yeah. Um, and so Jader ended up winning 15 to 13. 
Brittany missed her final two questions and Jader didn't have to answer his five pointer. Um, you know, it, it just simply came down to not knowing a question and, you know, they both, they both played extremely well. Um, they now know what they need to work on a little bit more than others. Um, but I definitely think that neither of them need to hold, hold their heads down. And like Kaiser said at the end of the match, and he used the word, he goes, she's just wonderful. Like they showed up. Um, they definitely both showed up in great fashion and I'm looking forward to seeing them both play down the road. Cause they look like they can be really two fun personalities and strong knowledge players in the game. Yeah, I agree. One thing that a lot of people I kept seeing was this match was fun. This match was really fun to watch. Uh, And it was, it was something that you enjoy because you have those matches where you're just like, Oh, this is going to be a bloodbath or, Oh, this is going to be intense. But the fun ones tend to be the ones where you're laughing with them tend to be the best ones. Even if it is a low scoring game, like, uh, Bonnie and Brett, that one, that one was hilarious, but it was, they barely got double digit points. So, but those ones are the ones you remember because those are the ones that you had the most fun laughing too. And that was the case with this one is it was fun. Um, but it also was competitive 15 to 13 is not a bad first opening. In my opinion, I don't think anyone would really disagree because she for the most part just only missed a couple in each rounds and that was it but and then jader did amazing as well he didn't get the chance to do his five points so i mean he could have walked out of there with five more points had he had that opportunity so who knows it it was a very good match for new people and i it definitely showed because people in the comments were loving these two yeah and so the usual suspects walk away at the point in this one um andrew guy gets his first victory as a manager or i guess like a a walk-in manager like a sub manager whatever you're gonna call him um but yeah like we mentioned nothing to hang your head about for Brittany young i hope we see more of her for sure i really uh, hope we do she well, was awesome to watch if, I, if i'm not mistaken didn't kaiser call for a match against bonnie correct uh, Brittany yeah, and bonnie? he won he wanted the celebrities to, which I, it would be fun. It would definitely be fun. I mean, we obviously yeah. want to see more of Bonnie to see how she really does after having a match under her belt. Cause we know that she has knowledge. She just didn't understand the game. She got traded from then until now. And so seeing, um, seeing a Bonnie Brittany match would be kind of fun and different. And again, it might bring that fun aspect to it. Um, but yeah, so uh, Jader walks away with the victory, the fan the, from the stands to the studio gets a victory in his first ever match, which is really, really cool. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our weekly topic here, guys. Uh, moving on from the match discussion, like I mentioned up top, we're going to talk about Andrew Guy here for a sec because in the pre-scene to this match, um, we had an inter- very interesting, um, I guess you could say conversation, I guess is the best way to say it, between one Andrew Guy and one Mr. Tom Dagnino. And the whole, the whole, point of the scene was that andrew guy two years ago when robert meyer burnett had burnt the old finstock mask lit it on fire on some kind of trash can basically andrew guy didn't give him the real mask andrew guys had the mask for the last two years and he officially gave it back to one finstock and finstock is officially returned we don't know when or how it'll be seen but finstock is back and the question that i want to pose is does andrew guy have some kind of master plan 
or is he just playing into the nice guy card because he did officially go babyface instead of go heel like he has been the past couple of years? Dude, I have no idea. You, <laughs> uh, it, between these two, you never know what's going on. And the first thing I immediately thought of was, oh my God, Andrew Guy wants to go to his team. And, but if that happened, that would just be such a powerhouse, like, I don't, or, I don't know. Or, I don't mean to cut you off, but we know the feud that one Andrew guy has had with one Mr. Ben Bateman. Do they get swapped for each other? Mm. Kind of, kind of shove, shove the knife a little bit deeper. Bateman off the Finstock exchange and Andrew guy in. That would now, be remember, it. To- remember, Bateman doesn't have the belt anymore. He does not have the belt anymore. Who's Finstock going to keep around? The champs or someone who doesn't have a belt? Just keep that in mind. Yeah. I, but Just to me, that ma- seems imagine, like... Imagine. And it doesn't have to be a straight-up trade. It can like it could be a package deal like Bateman and someone, a guy and someone, or whatever. But imagine a guy for Bateman flip. Oh, oh. Yeah, unless, I, unless I'm going to spin that on you some more, maybe... He's using that as a way to get Bateman to his team to be his partner since McWeeny's gone. I mean, or, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, if that was to work out, to me, that's kind of a a bad guy move, like almost kind of that's, like. Well, that's what I was going to get at. What if his, his baby face is just a face? What if he's truly a heel and he's just putting on a front, and it's the biggest biggest heel move of all time? He's okay. he is. Undeniable. You've, okay, you've dropped this bomb on me now, and now I'm I can't think of I'm like trying to still process this. It just just think it it Andrew Guy is undeniably the best character work as far as like constantly putting in work for his character yeah. of who he is on screen and who he is off screen, right? John Roca created the character, but he's the character 24-7 and he comes off every once in a while. Andrew Guy is is not um, Andrew Guy in the Schmodown. And so just imagine it, it would be true to his character to do something like this because he's so good at the character work. Just imagine the reaction people would get would by realizing that he didn't go debonair. He's been dastardly this entire time and he's been putting on a front in front of everybody. And here's the key. No more Drew McWeenie. Yeah. No more Drew McQueenie. He doesn't need to be babyface anymore. Hmm. You've dropped a bomb on me that I didn't think of, and I'm holding back the smirk. It look, uh, it could very well be like totally wrong, and it probably is because I know that Christian probably has like this master plan for it or something. But just imagine, like, even though it's like a bad thing because we want McQueenie around, McQueenie retiring could have been like a gift to get old dastardly drew guy back in the best possible way by stabbing someone like Bateman in the back after playing this nice guy role and getting under his getting under his feet by going around him to one Tom Dagnito. And how do you do that? Not, not with alcohol, but the Finstock mask. That's how you do it. You give him the Finstock mask back. Yeah. I mean, the key is that he doesn't have that belt Bateman because He's not, it's much harder to trade a champ than it is to trade someone without a belt. So, yeah, that's like, what yeah. if, 
what and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. I'm sure the package would be totally different. But what if you traded a a Drew guy and a Janine the Machine for a Mark Riley and a Ben Bateman? Yeah. I just yeah. I could just see somehow Ben making his way over to uh guys team and then that them coming back together. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, fans would lose their exactly. Let's talk about that it, for a second. Yeah. Let's talk about that because the action army is probably the biggest fan base in the Schmodown, right? Oh, when yeah. Team Action was together, they stormed on the scene two or three years ago. You know, they became this heel of a team. They're one of the best heel teams of all time. You know, Ben Bateman and Andrew Guy were the were the greatest. They didn't start off great, but they were they were one of the best. They were a um, show. They yeah, they were performers. They battled for titles. They they started feuds. People hated them. You know, we've had this conversation for the past couple of weeks in the in the circle of Shimonan about what is a heel. You know, what should heels do? If you're a heel, stick to the heel, be a heel, be hated, want to be hated, and they wanted to be hated. That's who they were. Yeah. And that's why when they split up, it was such a big deal. Now, did we obviously when Bateman went face, it was very weird. It was different, right? It was team, team guy, team Bateman. Like, who did you want to win? But just imagine them coming back together and what it would mean and how massive it would be, especially, you know. More than likely, we can probably see a one Drew guy be teamed with the Janine machine because they're already on the team together. Yeah. But Bateman not having the belt anymore makes everything possible. It leaves open the possibility of them coming back together in some fashion. You're probably right about it, it being on Sam's team rather than the Finsock Exchange because the Finsock Exchange is so heavy hitters already. There's so yeah. many people there and there's so many big name people there. The usual suspects could probably do a lot more with Ben than the Finstock exchange could at this point. But just imagine the league reaction to seeing, you know, we wake up one morning, we get a notification saying Sam Levine has traded so-and-so to the Finstock exchange for Ben Bateman and blank. The return of the action guys is officially happening. Like just yeah. imagine the reaction at the, that freaking Facebook group would explode. It would, and Twitter for us schmo fans would explode. It would, Oh my God. The only thing that makes me question how that would happen is if you're trading Bateman, what are you getting in return? And to me, the only, are you looking at the list? Yeah. Okay, to me, the, right sorry. The only names that can equal something like that is a Drew McWeenie who is no longer playing. Uh, a Janine, which, yeah, she's definitely good, but she is not probably at Bateman's level right now. And then the only other thing, which I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's worth, would be a knapsack. But she, they already have uh, Laura they have, Kelly. They have I believe. Oh, Demonta. Yeah, they have Demonta. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's ways. I, oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I mean, if, yeah, I, I don't know what, I mean, you could just, I don't know. It, it's I'll, funny because I keep thinking about um, Rachel's uh, comment 
uh, when they asked uh, if she her. No, 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 no. Not if she returns. When they asked her, what is uh, uh, Sam going to do about uh, McWeenie? And she's like, oh, she's got some ideas. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like. It's been brewing. It, it's definitely yeah, there's brewing. something. There's got to be something because he lost his number one pick. What? Yeah, exactly. What if? And this just may be like a behind the scenes thing, but getting the mask back could be more important to Dagnino than than we think. And what if that like plays into the trade? Like you gave me my mask, I'll give you so and so on the cheap a little bit. I'll back off a little bit on requiring more from you because you did this for me. Yeah. Like maybe like maybe. maybe it's like a like I like I gave you something now you owe me a little bit of something. That's true. Maybe it's it's he put goes back to that dastardly and is ho- ho- able to like hold something over his head a little bit. Cuz I mean, look, we we've seen we've seen so far this year that um Bateman doesn't look like Bateman hasn't been playing like Bateman when he made that run last year. Where yeah. he was kind of like the unsung hero, right? He was the kind of like the golden boy, the one that everybody was rooting for. He's kind of had this little bit of an edge to him, like almost old school Bateman. Maybe it's a little bit of a, a tease for what could come, possibly. Yeah. The the only other thing that makes me think that this some type of trade wouldn't be able to manifest would be because of who's the boss. Yeah. Well, that I so I don't know the rules, but I I believe any team that doesn't have the belt can be traded uh, or any team who's not in the top 5 can be traded, but I believe that if Ben Bateman was to be traded, Mark Riley would go with him. Finstock's never going to do that. Why would why would I, you? I don't I it depends on what you get back. It really depends on what you get back. Uh, they don't. Uh, their team doesn't have anything to me that is is equal to that. Also, remember, maybe Sam makes a trade for someone else and then immediately trades that person away. There's other yeah. factions that could be involved. There, to me, there would have to be something else in order to make something like that. Yeah, happen. there there could be like a third faction involved, or maybe Sam makes a precursor trade that eventually that person then ends up getting traded to, traded to. The Finsock exchange for a Bateman and a Riley or a Bateman. Um, but I mean, all in all, the fact that Bateman doesn't have the belt anymore, it adds more precedence to what we're talking about. It's the possibility yeah. is much higher than it was before. Yeah. And I just think if oh my God, people would lose their minds if <laughs> if yeah. Guy and Bateman got back together. People would f- that would immediately put everyone on notice. Like, oh would crap. Like a bit of fun to see. Chaos would ensue. Return. Chaos would ensue. That would be wild. All right, let's go ahead and move on from that conversation because I'm sure it's something we will have again. And we are going to move on to Mr. Avalosino's here, um, his review of season one, um, the final matches of the season so far. Like, but like we mentioned last week, guys, uh, he has been on this kick of watching old school matches because they are released. Um, so he's been rewatching the entire uh, series of shows, the league, um, as I watched them a long time ago. And and we talked pre- uh, after our show last week and how cool it was for me to kind of walk down memory lane and how much yeah. fun I have listening to him talk about things. And so for the next, you know, eight minutes or so, 
Uh, Brian's going to kind of take over, and I'll chime in every once in a while, but he's going to kind of just talk about what he's been watching, um, the moments that stick out to him the most, um, just to run around to some of the matches that he's been watching. So without further ado, Brian, the floor is yours. All right. So uh, for those that didn't see last week, uh, I'm rewatching the seasons uh, that Harloff has posted in these playlists. Uh, now, a lot of it does have like a little bit of tie-ins to uh, the Schmoes Knows podcast where it's kind of like certain things might have been snipped out just to show these matches. Um, but for the most part, I'm get, I you don't need it. Um, so the first match, and believe me, I'm taking notes on these matches where I'm going in on these. But uh, I had, let's see, about... One, two, three, four, five, six matches left in that first season. Uh, my first one was uh, a big one, which was the JTE versus Mark Ellis match. And that was what I told you, one of the big ones, because that was the reveal of the devil costume. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it, it lived up to it, right? Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> in like every promo that like we've ever seen so that is so the devil the devil uh the devil trident i don't know what's called officially um yeah. it went it went away to a fan in an auction last year oh yeah so. i preferred i preferred his bedazzled horns that was yeah yeah that's a good idea that yeah, was his cool. uh pretty funny um and that was the first time like i said without seeing schmo's nose that i had ever seen roxy show up that was the first oh, okay. time she- okay yeah, yeah yeah so obviously i know who she is now but if i would have started just by watching that would have been the first time i saw her and she had jet black hair yeah way I younger for- than she is now i for a solid like 10 minutes was like is that her <laughs> i i was like i know that's her voice but that's just that can't be her uh-huh. And and then at the very end, he was like, "Roxy, thank you for joining us." And I was like, "Holy crap, that really was her!" Like I, I knew love, I would if she ever listened to this, and maybe I'll, I'll clip this out and I'll I'll tweet it. I would love to get her on the show to talk about that. I would uh, love it, to get her on the show to talk I, about that. It's so it was so weird because I knew it was her. I knew it was her voice. It looks like her, but the hair was so different that I, it threw me off and she's chugging beers and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> that has to be her. And she's cheering yeah. for JTE, which I know they both have always had love for each other. So it was just very funny to see. And then um, JTE ended up beating Ellis in that match, uh, which then led me to the trial of JTE. And now it's very funny because I don't go ahead in the playlist. I like kind of keep like a blind eye to it. So I don't see who wins. And so during the uh, Ellis and JTE match, I noticed him look doing that look over to Ellis. And I was like, dude, he's like straight looking at his stuff. Like, like I'm, I noticed that go to the next episode trial of JTE. And that's when all this stuff, I'm like, Oh my God. Like it, it was like, I was sitting there like, come on, like someone has to notice he's looking. And so that led to trial of JT and, uh, just some of the craziest stuff. One, I've of, ever seen. one of the all time greatest. Um, I guess you can say just like quote 
or pieces of dialogue that has ever happened in a schmodown is from Mr. Bob from one Bobby Finsock. It's I'm a firm believer in trial and error, and I believe my client is on trial and it's an error. Like it is. <laughs> it is Did you go absolute, back and watch him? No, 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 no. No, you I remember have, that? I have it. I no, no, no. I wrote it down in front of me like weeks ago to make sure that whenever this moment came up, um, oh I remembered God. it. I, I, I remember watching that and just losing my crap. I it, it was, was such a Finstock thing to say. First of all, yes, it fits so perfectly what was going on. It's one of the it's one of the all time greatest quotes like ever said, like ever said. It is. It it's was in a movie somewhere. Yeah, it is. That was such a ish show of an episode. <laughs> you had Makuga running around with his band of merry men in their yep. onesie yep. suits. Yep. Um, and then, okay, the thing that got me was Justice Bot. Do you know? <laughs> remember that? I was crying, laughing because I, his voice, the way he was, do, uh, it was too funny. That whole thing amazing it was amazing and uh, why we like the schmoes no show was like such a massive hit with people oh absolutely absolutely because it was like everyone is on that literally a camera in the corner watching a group of people just do random stuff it uh, yeah it was it's so funny so (laughs) funny um so then of course i just happen to have the shirt on too hmm coincidence no i'm kidding uh and then of course jte is found innocent uh by a very close margin um my next stock uh, match was finstock versus harloff and that was an absolute crap show of a match <laughs> there barely was any points in that oh whole entire match. so so fun to listen to this stuff keep going <laughs> oh my god like i think the final score was like three to like four it was horrible sounds about right yeah and even harloff was said this is like the worst match i've ever seen and so uh next was knapsack versus makuga which was impressive mm-hmm. it was a very good match and makuga freaking killed it absolutely he, killed he it. comes to play when he's when he's in the space he is he comes to play yeah he he killed it and like i said i didn't see i don't know who's winning this so for me that was a shock to see him take out ken like i was like whoa like holy holy moly um and then my next one ended up being uh jte versus riley uh which i finally see okay one thing i have been hiding and trying not to find out was what jte stands for (laughs) and this was the first time i've heard it being said which was josh the uh what was it josh the engineer, uh, engineer. yes yeah uh, i was gonna say entertainer i knew that was wrong so uh, it was originally jti josh the intern and then it yeah. was jte yeah because there's like three other people that they call the intern or well like, yeah the they, they, number they, three so, yeah the the the, the schmoes no show every incarnation had some form of intern like cody hall was an intern christian rubicaber was an intern um, yeah. at one point RB3 was an intern. So they, they had their thing was kind of having an intern there. Yeah. So uh that was the first time I had heard that term finally being used after all the years. Um and Riley did amazing in that match. Um, uh, which then led me to Makuga versus Harloff. And I I that laugh was or that one was ridiculous. Blue Fairy. Do you remember 
Yes, yes, that's fairy. exactly. What I was. Of course, I mean, I, look, an all-time fan isn't going to forget Blue Fairy. He, <laughs> this it's Matthew Broderick, own, right? What doesn't he write? He writes down Matthew Broderick. Like that's the answer, correct? To well, yeah, you stole my. That was my next. Oh, okay, right, okay, where I was going. I was going to say about how. Harloff was just done after the blue fairy done. He's like, screw this F this. You guys are wrong. Ellis is going to get a punch in the face at the end because I'm, so I'm good. done. So good. Yeah. And then, uh, Makuga pulls off the Matthew Broderick. And like I said, I don't know any of this. I got up and started running around going, Oh my God. I like pulled this off. And then Harloff was just done. He, he was like laughing mad. Like he was laughing. Oh my God. Pissed off and fuming. He, yeah. Oh yeah. He, I, he was, <laughs> I've never seen him so mad. He was happy just because of how Makuga is just freaking losing his mind. But he was just like, I, if I ever hear the words blue fairy again, I'm going to kill someone. So good. That's why it always gets brought up. Now, when it gets brought up, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. Exactly. And then, um, uh, poor Riley was just getting it from, uh, uh, or excuse me, not El Riley. Ellis was just getting it from him the whole entire time, uh, which led to the championship of Riley versus Makuga. And this was the first time uh, Mr. Riley introduced the Superman. He came out. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. I. It's funny because I'd, I'd wondered. I was like, oh, he is, doesn't do the Superman stuff. He had this big old long thing. Did the Superman came in with his Superman shirt and stuff? So that was the first time I've seen this Superman and finally put the two and two together. And holy crap, was that a freaking battle? That one point, one point. Did separated. it come down to last question? Yes, it it was just a matter of um, uh, Riley having more points to bet than Makuga did. I, I wasn't sure what it was, but yes, I believe uh, it. Riley had seven points and Makuga had six. They both bet full, got the same answer, and hence Riley won uh, the championship of that tournament. And whoa, what a a whirlwind! One, I I know, and it I was it was insane. Like it it's so funny. There these it's it just reminds me of like a bunch of chickens running around with their heads caught cut off and just just. <laughs> chaos ensues yep. Yep. but i i don't know if anything for me is gonna beat that makuga harloff episode as of right now because that was the blue fairy and just oh my god i was rolling you know, laughing there's it it definitely gets better as it goes but season one was definitely one where you're like okay this could be something and it started oh, off yeah. well um but there's definitely moments coming up that i'm excited for you to watch yeah and i'm i it's so funny because i'm just sitting here like that was just one season and I'm still off <laughs> like five yeah. more to watch. Yeah. It's going to, so, it's yeah. going to be fun going forward. That's awesome though. Uh, I'll make sure to clip this out on the channel. That way people know that we're doing this, but uh, that I love going back and, and hearing you talk about it. Cause it brings up memories of watching it years ago and seeing your reaction is kind of the similar to the reactions I had. Um, and so hopefully our viewers who are listening or watching have kind of have a similar reaction as me um, because it's the season one was so good and blue fairy and the devil costume and the trial of JTE there, there are moments that people don't forget about, and um, you know they're, they're like all timers. And so, hearing someone who's watching for the first time is really cool. 
Yeah, it was just so fun. I, I couldn't stop watching it. I literally watched yeah. those just yeah. all straight. I could not. I was like, I have to know how this ends and just awesome. binged it. So, That's yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our final portion of the show, guys. And that is the faction standings, a league update here. Uh, as we mentioned last week, not a whole lot of shifting is going to go going to be going around in coming weeks because we only have the one match a week. Uh, but we are going to have a little bit depending on who wins. And so, Brian, what does it look like this week? So as of right now, the Finstock Exchange is obviously in first place. Um, they have 16 points, which is a hefty lead over everyone else uh the den is sitting in second place with 10 points uh swag is sitting in third place with seven points and then we have a now three-way tie well not three-way tie three-way points tie um fourth place yeah well there's or fourth yeah they have them separated though but uh in fourth place is rock stars with four points uh in fifth place is the burning droogs with four points and uh, the usual suspects is sitting in sixth place with four points as well. Um, the Corky Mercs are sitting in seventh place with three points. Corruption is sitting in eighth place with two points. And unfortunately, the dungeon is still sitting at the bottom with zero points. Yeah, not a whole lot of shifting. Um, we now know that the ties, the, the first tiebreaker is a KO. If you get the yeah. KO, you're you're above everybody else, which is why the rock stars are above burning jerks and the usual suspects. Usual sp- suspects go from breaking a tie with the quirky marks to now tying with the rock stars and burning droogs. Um, but we now know that some of these teams who don't have as many matches, like a quirky marks and a dungeon, um, and rock stars, they're some of their ma- their matches are coming up. We have uh, Harlock yeah. released the official schedule up until May 15th, and those ones are getting matches coming up. And so we will not only have reactions, but we will have um, uh, discussions on here about those matches as well. And so hopefully some of those teams are making some changes, maybe a TKO in there every once in a while making a leap. Uh, but for now, it'll be a point here, a point there. And then someone will slightly be moving up. Someone will be slightly moving down. Um, but it's still good to talk about. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the usual suspects, they're not performing like we expected them to. And so uh, maybe Jader is kind of like that turning point for them um, to kind of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah. And I mean, our next match uh, we haven't watched yet. We're saving is uh, Robert Parker Dungeon. and swag. Uh, Ace swag. Yes. So we've got a third place versus a ninth place, which, but how we've been hearing Robert Parker's name for, they might get their like, first official points. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that could change things if, especially if he walks in there and TKOs, the, you're not in ninth place anymore. You could jump to probably seventh at least. So definitely, yeah, definitely things agree. could definitely be changing even just one match. Yes. Uh, so before we get out of here, I did want to mention one thing, guys. Brian and I had, t- had a conversation uh, yesterday. By the time this is released, two days ago, about the the shape of the show and kind of what we're going to do going forward. So the first thing that we're going to be changing here. Now on is the show is going to be released earlier in the week. Um, and that is strictly because we only have one match a week and we want to separate the two. We don't want this one released on a Wednesday or Thursday and the match released on a Friday. We kind of want to spread the love a little bit. And so we're right now we're aiming for Tuesdays. It could move to Mondays later on in the future, but right now we're aiming for Tuesdays due to our schedules. Um, that seems like a good day for us to kind of um, shoot stuff, edit it and get it up comfortably. Uh, and the next big thing that we want to talk about is, um, Brian and I had this, we had this idea because we wanted to be 
a sports centered type of show for the Schmodown, right? We didn't want to be um, what we love. We love what the Schmodown is and we love talking about competitors, but we didn't want to be a show that was just branded as having someone come on and talk to us. We want to kind of like break down matches and break down trades and, you know, have a, have a player come on and break down their match with us. Um, because all like, you know, call to action does a great thing about getting to know other players and managers. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to do what they were doing. Right. Cinephiles have, or not cinephiles, cinephanatics have guys come on and react to their matches with them. There's all these places that do other things. We want to be something a little bit different. And so what we're looking into doing in the future is have players come on and react and discuss their matches with us while we break them down. Um, not watch them during our reactions, but here on this show, you know, as like we mentioned, or as we did earlier with the Brittany Young Jader Paramo match, um, have one of them come on and go round by round and discuss how they're feeling, what was going through their head, why they did this, why they did that. And that's kind of the goal. And so what we are doing to start this off is um, it's been locked in, but our, our first official guest will be Robert Parker. We are going to have Robert Parker on the show next week. He will break down his match, his first official Schmodown match against Ace Cabrera with us. Um, and that will release on Tuesday. And so look out for that on Tuesday afternoon, guys. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on this, kind of shifting the show a little bit. What do you think about this? I'm excited because you and I both know we love our sports and we need some sports talk. And this is going to yeah. be what we're going to be using for it right now. Yeah. And it's it's not going to, we're not going to plan on having someone every single week, but um, we want to get people on who want to discuss their matches and not just tweet about it or or discuss it in the Facebook group. This is a good opportunity for them to kind of like, go round by round, like I mentioned. Um, and a great example of that is watch our episode with Sean Sullivan. Um, it's exactly what we did with Sean Sullivan. We went through his entire match about, you know, why he made this decision or what he was thinking about this missed question or what happened during that missed question. And it's a great example of what we're aiming for. And so that's, what we're going to kind of be going for. And if you're a player who's in the show and you're listening to this, or if you're a manager, reach out to us. We'd love to have you guys on the show. The upcoming matches that we have right now, we're going to reach out to some people and try to get them in. Um, we know that things are kind of crazy right now, so things are going to shape up a little bit differently in the future. Um, but that is kind of what we're aiming for so far uh, in the near future, and we hope that it's uh, it works out for you guys as listeners and watchers. I'm excited. Yeah, so Robert Parker coming in next week, guys. Make sure you guys check that out next Tuesday. Um, we usually release this in the afternoon, so anywhere from 12 to 2 o'clock, it's released on YouTube. It's also on audio, so you can check them out above Brian over there. Um Anchor, Apple, Spotify. You guys can find us on Twitter at POV. You can find our personal accounts right below us. Make sure you guys not just uh, don't just listen or watch. Give us a like or a subscribe, a share, um, or a rate on audio. A rating really helps get us seen more. Um, you know, to the audio platforms, those are super important. And uh, we really, really pre- just like a like is on on YouTube. A like helps it get seen more. Uh, more frequently, which is awesome for us. And we really appreciate it, especially if you guys liked it. So uh, for Brian, for myself, this is A Certain Point of View. Thank you guys for joining us again. We hope you guys like this episode. Look out for next week as we not only react to a Robert Parker versus Ace Cabrera, but we talk to Robert Parker on next week. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys then.